Hey beautiful soul, this is the Menopause Coach Podcast with me, your host, Adele Johnston. I'm helping you create a vibrant life of joy and happiness without your menopause stealing your personal power and sass. Together, we're making menopause mainstream. Now I attended this event with my colleagues from my department and I was the only female from my department and my company. Probably still to this day, one of the most funkiest of entrances I've ever experienced to date to an event. Welcome to another episode of the Menopause Coach Podcast that empowers women just like you to navigate this journey of menopause. I'm your host Adele Johnston, the Menopause Coach, and today we have another beautiful topic of conversation that we are going to dive inside together and look at the intersection of gender stereotypes. We're going to look at women as entrepreneurs and also leadership in the workplace as menopause intertwines with each of those. We'll also explore what a woman-led workplace looks like and I think this is a really important one particularly around the focus on the different stages of menopause. We're not going to cover the stages of menopause inside this episode. There is a full episode dedicated to that but we're going to touch upon those and look at the impacts that this natural stage of our life as females, born as females with female reproductive systems at birth, has in business and in our careers. So stick around, let's uncover what opportunities lie within this episode for you, for me, for us as a collective, and we get to then look at embracing menopause as part of our daily care and well-being, both in our personal lives and also within our professional lives. Whether you are a female entrepreneur listening to this, hello, I see you, or one of my fellow corporate ladies, I again see you, I have been there myself. You are welcomed and everyone in between. This is an inclusive environment to be within. So welcome to every single one of you here today. So first things first, let's start with a bit of an elephant that sits within the room. And we are talking about gender stereotypes. Now, this is a big debatable topic, isn't it? And in many societies, women have been made to feel a little bit more boxed in boxed into these predefined roles and these expectations of what a woman should do, be, say and behave like. And these stereotypes are within different cultures, look, feel and are different for each of us, but they don't only limit personal growth, but also hinder our professional development as women. And this is a topic that I feel extremely strong about, very passionate and compassionate around it all. Because it's about breaking free from these stereotypes over time, being super essential for women. I do not want my daughters growing up into a world where the same stereotypes are stereotypes that are talked about and challenged that are here in this world right now in the year 2024. And as women thrive as entrepreneurs and as leaders, it's so important that we understand that that space has to come from a place of being stereotype free where we can. And it's, it's time to challenge this. It's time to look at the notion that menopause is, is difficult on many different levels and difficult on 
and with many different individuals in workplaces and in home settings, but it also gets to be an opportunity. And in fact, an opportunity for redefining women's narratives and showcasing the strength, the resilience, the abundance, the vibrancy that we actually get to bring at different stages within the menopause journey. Knowing that we have the pre-menopause stage of our lives, And then we have the perimenopause and menopause stages, which are naturally around about the time that women are advancing within their careers. And then postmenopause being our final stage where we will spend the rest of our working life and living life within that stage of our menopause life and journey. So we want to look at breaking gender stereotypes and this being a crucial step, vital, important, non-negotiable, must happen towards creating this more inclusive environment in the workplace and in our companies and corporations and whatever we do, wherever we are such a vital component. And I'm massively grateful to have been invited back to the House of Commons this month to speak in Parliament in London at an all-party parliamentary group on women and work in a very high-ranking woman at work with potential female power. It's quite a long title, isn't it? But I love it. I love every word of that title. Um, And it focuses on how women are growing in their professional um professional careers, professional businesses, and also looking at how we can reshape workplaces and society at large with a real focus on women in their menopausal journeys. So I'm super blessed that actually I have a segment to discuss and to present during this parliamentary discussion, because this is something I feel massively passionate about, which is why I wanted to bring this topic to the table today inside the Menopause Coach podcast. So I want to cover something massive for me, having worked for over two decades in corporate previously and personally experiencing gender bias for pretty much most of my my career and the misfortune in a very, very male dominated environment. Um, I used to work for multiple different companies, production, both private and within national broadcasting. And when I worked for this kind of this industry, couldn't think of the word there. Hello, perimenopause brain. When we look at this industry, it was very male dominated within the broadcasting sector. When I then moved into the financial sector, it was still a very male dominated workplace. And especially in the corporate areas that I worked in, when I started my corporate career, it was very much within the human resources, health and safety sector, and then transitioned into business continuity and operational resilience. So again, very HR was probably more the feminine side and moving into health and safety and then operational resilience towards the end, that was all very, very male dominated. And I remember attending my very first BCI, so Business Continuity Institute conference, was in London. It was in the Madame Tussauds Museum in London. It was pretty cool. A very plush event. And we had this really cool entrance to the event where we arrived. We got all of our bits and bobs that we had to do, left off our jackets. And we were then escorted to climb aboard one of these little carts. And if you've ever been, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And we got whizzed through the first part of the museum to enter into the private room space for the event. Now, I attended this event with my colleagues from my department and I was the only female from my 
department and my company. Probably still to this day, one of the most funkiest of entrances I've ever experienced to date to an event. But also once I arrived into the space, into the the event space, I remember just thinking to myself after we got off the little cart, where are all the women? Looking around the sea of white haired suited men and thinking, why am I here? Like, how do I fit into this? And it was at that moment, I was only in my 20s, was at that moment that I thought, you need to change this, Adele. This needs to be different every year from now. We need more women to be part of this. And what I've just done there is portrayed my own stereotype bias on that industry. And when we think about it, it's that point, isn't it? This time recognised that I was in a world surrounded by men and I would have to work extra hard in my perception to be heard. I was seen. I was pretty much the only female there wearing the brightest cobalt blue dress ever with bright lipstick and nails. I stuck out like a sore thumb. I was not wearing a grey suit with grey hair. So again, another stereotype. So I was going to have to work extra hard to be heard. I'd been seen. But what really happened in all of this was one thing for me. I got the baptism of fire into what stereotyping and gender bias look like. And when we think about gender stereotypes, this is a massive limitation within opportunities, hindering that diversity and really brings that culture of bias, doesn't it? I had my own bias. I looked around the room thinking, like, what the hell? This is just all men. But there are top tips on how I would then advise that as a collective, you, me, us, that we start to look at breaking down these stereotypes. And the reason that this is important to menopause will become clear in a moment. First off, my biggest top tip in all of this, and we're going straight in with these tips, is to think about how, number one, we promote this inclusive language and communication. And if any of you know me well, you know that I love to understand communication well. And we want to make sure that we use this inclusive language that avoids reinforcing gender roles and gender bias. And in this world that is evolving faster than we can keep up with it, gender neutral terms, wherever possible. And this is something that if you have ever heard me speak or you've attended any of my trainings or education series inside either the Menopause Support Coach certification or any workshops or trainings that I've delivered, I do tend to try and ensure, and I emphasise the word try, on the gender neutral terms. But I will always specify when I'm talking about women, I mean women born as female at birth with female reproductive systems at birth. But I will also look to refer to that so that we're super clear on who we are referencing. Yeah, if this is a bit more inclusive, and I've tried to be this way for a long, long time, I will refer to people rather than women or men. But you know what? That being said, we shouldn't ever feel we can't direct our language towards those that we are directly speaking to. For example, a lot of what I do is dedicated directly to women. And those women are my audience. You are probably a woman listening to this right now. So I direct my language there. And when I want to speak to everyone inclusively, not always, yeah, sometimes it's just directed at women, 
I will use terms like people or all humans. So every human or every person is affected by menopause. But then if I'm specifically directing that at women, I will use the words women and female. Now, I don't apologise for that and we we should never need to apologise for how we communicate, but it just intrigues me and interests me that if we can promote an inclusive language of communication, then we also get to be truthful in who we direct our communication to. A second point on all of this that's really important is about the, the sensitivity of awareness. And this goes for every workplace, every professional staff stance when we think of providing gender sensitivity awareness and thinking of it as even senior leadership roles needing to have this training, not about it being a nice to have, but actually we must have our senior leaders aware of this and trained. So considering implementing some training programs or awareness raising around gender stereotypes and many more companies and corporations are getting better at this. This can include modules and I know that many large corporations will do this, we used to, but around unconscious bias training and we all have this, okay, there's no apology needed for it so long as we grow and evolve alongside and know the importance around the diversity and inclusion of everyone within how we speak and show up and and what we do. So I massively advocate engaging your leadership into training programs and awarenesses around breaking gender stereotypes because it will happen and sometimes unknowingly so through that unconscious bias. And then thirdly, thinking about establishing very gender neutral practices and this within a workplace could be around your policies and how you show up. It's all fine and well having policies in place to ensure gender neutral and, you know, not inadvertently um, reinforcing any stereotypes. But when we think about things like parental leave, it's that stereotype that this is for women. And I know you're thinking it as well. When we think about flexible working, it's inevitably a higher percentage of women that will uptake on flexible working. Luckily, we are now seeing in the year 2024, we've got data from 23 and before, which shows us that actually that is evolving. It's changing. We're finding that more and more splits between genders are taking up more flexible working and parental leave opportunities. And that is because women are staying on in their roles. Women are putting their careers into play mode and really reinforcing that. So I think that for this, we're seeing evolution, we're seeing change, we're seeing this more advocation towards anybody having the appropriate um, application that can be made for flexible working. But traditionally, that would have just been women that would take up those roles. And we still see that in some industries and that might never change. But I should know how this feels because I've been on the, the end of writing these policies, but I've also been on the receiving end of these policies and understanding that we have to ensure that we establish this policy and these practices that are fit for purpose. They're not just a tick box exercise. Yeah, they're not just there to be forgotten about after the tick box has happened and we do the annual annual review. So assessing these is important. This will support with any gender gaps that we have. And I want to think about shifting our focus for a moment to women entrepreneurs. We've talked a bit about workplace, so careers. 
But women who are entrepreneurs, like me, we actually defy the odds. Mm -hmm. I, you, we, (laughs) we hear massive amounts of inspiring stories all the time, especially within the networks that I am beautifully connected with, where women have not only overcome gender bias, but have also turned their experiences with the likes of menopause, it's a big one, into entrepreneurial opportunities. And I'm one of those ladies. I'm one of those women who resigned from their corporate career and became one in 10 to do so because of menopause and not having support in place. But in going from that kind of broken part of who I was to then flourishing, from feeling lost in my life and then finding my purpose and building a very stable, robust and powerful business, helping other women to do the same, I am so grateful for, yes, there were hard times, but they helped me to see what was really, truly my purpose, path and meaning. So when we think about women entrepreneurs making those significant waves in the business world, yeah, yeah, toot toot, challenging stereotypes, driving the innovation and the change and questioning the status quo, women are amazing at doing that. And some of those key ways that women entrepreneurs are making waves that I have seen and experienced, you know, we've seen women entrepreneurs that prioritize inclusion over everything and anything, recognizing the strength that comes from this type of perspective that everyone is equal and creating inclusive workplaces in their companies or within their client support. It's just amazing to see how much then they flourish, their clients flourish, their employees and staff flourish. It's incredible. I've also seen many women entrepreneurs that are pas- and really, really passionate about addressing social and environmental issues and often build these businesses with a really solid purpose and contributing positively within society. We've seen women that just nail entrepreneurship and engage in networking and mentorship opportunities like it was just they were made for that but yet none of these women felt overly successful in their corporate careers because they were never allowed to spread their wings and flourish yeah both in and outside of their own industries so building that strong network this is one of my biggest things whenever I work with any businesswoman I encourage that strong connection to network and I expand my network to them because when we can navigate inside a network of communication and mentorship, the challenges are not so much a challenge, they're an opportunity. Yeah, the vulnerabilities become strengths and we open doors to new opportunities through that. And then I've also seen so many women who were stifled within their own emotional connection when they worked in corporate space, to then becoming masters within emotional intelligence, enabling them to build really strong relationships and businesses and lives. And it's such an invaluable skill that they would never have unlocked if they hadn't allowed themselves to foster that entrepreneurial spirit and and gene that ran through their bones and their veins. So it's encouraging, right? It's massively encouraging. And then we also think about this word resilience. Now, for me, when I worked within operational resilience, I used to absolutely thrive within being able to support the organisations that I worked for with the people pillar. 
Now, this was an area for me that just really lit up my soul and I loved it. And women entrepreneurs, we we as women in particular are in the face of resilience, so determined, stubborn at times, but we allow for ourselves to face into those obstacles and look at how we can overcome those obstacles. It's that innate resilience of overcoming challenges and being able to bounce back yeah, and demonstrating that success success is, is perceived in many different ways. It's subjective, isn't it? But it's achieved through perseverance. It's achieved through consistency, collaboration, being able to face into those challenges and really, really look at what your role within that is. So there's multiple different ways that we can look at this. I could go on forever. I could talk about how we as women are either extremely amazing at being able to prioritise our work-life balance and integrations or really at the other end of that. And I'll be honest with you, the career women and the corporate ladies that I support one-on-one, these are the women who do not have the balance within that. The integration of work-life balance for them is more work than life. The entrepreneurs, however, that I support and work one-on-one with, and we do the same work, it's just navigating what is right for them have more of the balance within that. Isn't that crazy? So I'm thinking about one of my corporate ladies right now. We've just had to put in some extra support because she is showing early stage signs of chronic stress response. And that's not something that me and my team are willing to just sit back and watch happen. So we called a team intervention today to talk about it to look at what we can do to support within this space because of what we've noticed. This is our role. This is why we are her coaches and her mentors. And actually, her career is massively at risk if we don't have some adjustments in place. So prioritising that and understanding it, recognising the importance of flexibility and being able to create a workplace that has that, a culture of being able to manage your personal life as well as your professional life. We are not put on this planet to work. This is not what it's about. You're not here to work five days out of seven days of your life. I'm just going to let that sink in for a moment as we then move on. So women entrepreneurs make massive waves. (laughs) I love it. And leverage strengths, pull in challenges yeah, challenge the traditional norms, contribute to this inclusive dynamic landscape that we have within business and professionalism. And oh, it just, it makes me so fired up inside. Honestly, I get to the point when I'm just like, women are friggin' incredible species. We really are. And equally, so are men. But as a collective, look at what we can do together. Look at what this leadership in our own businesses, in our our roles as entrepreneurs or our roles as senior leaders within organisations. Look at what we can do as a collective, yeah, human beings, regardless of sex or gender. Then as we move into this leadership, let's talk a little bit more about this, because this is an area that, again, I fully understand. I've been there. I crossed over into entrepreneur, um, into the entrepreneur space a few years ago, full time. I had 
the beautiful experience, which felt hard at the time, of navigating a few challenging times within my career. And I think the reason I raise this is because it's crucial to understand that there are unique challenges that women face, that men do not face within the corporate space, especially during the phases of menopause. And if we are in a very woman-led workplace, yeah, the diversity is a bit more flexed onto the female side, then the understanding is there, we would think. But I want to just put a little spanner in the works. In my own experience of working inside the corporate environment and that machine, I actually personally found on the whole, on the majority, that my male upline, my male bosses, were a lot more sympathetic to health-related menopause challenges. I actually found that my female upline was not. And that was a massive shock to my system as a woman who advocates for other women, as a woman who strongly believes that we are there to lift one another, not to be in competition with each other. It hit me hard in the heart space when I asked for help in my corporate career and I was, in not so many words, denied that support. And both of the upline were female. That was challenging. So even being in a female-led or a woman-led workplace does not necessarily mean that you are going to have the perspectives there, the understanding there, yeah, creating that environment where you feel safe and held and seen. But if we can explore a little bit more into leadership styles and we can really understand that during menopause and the importance of menopause care in organisations, then we're going to be able to retain a lot more top level female talent. And that is important. When we think about your operational resilience portfolio of risk, then we can massively mitigate that risk when we have a strong people pillar through succession planning and skill set sharing. So when we think about women's leadership in the workplace, it is crucial, 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 crucial that this role is helping us to foster growth, a growth mindset, a growth approach, a growth opportunity. So let's look at three ways, because it's always easier when we have examples of how women's leadership can contribute to overall success of organisations, because women are important in these roles. So women's leadership within corporate brings diverse perspectives to the table. Okay, a leadership team with this mix of genders and experiences and backgrounds is going to be much more structurally sound in being able to look at the holistic view of the company. And research shows this. Research it shows that a diverse team is more innovative better positioned to adapt to change, more resilient. And often these women leaders, these female leadership roles will bring unique insights and approaches. So it can enhance the competitive advantage in a really dynamic market for these companies. And this is your company too, if you are self-employed or an entrepreneur. And then women leaders, number two, prioritise inclusive supported workplaces, majority of the time. I've experienced both ways. I've experienced female leaders being very inclusive and very supportive and enhancing. And I've experienced female leaders stifling and holding back 
Okay, so it's all about leadership styles. And unfortunately, we cannot have a set leadership style. These are all individual, led by the individual character. And then three, companies that do have this more inclusive um, leadership diversity. So when we think about the fact that we've got women in these roles, men in these roles, every human being possible within these roles, we are going to experience a lot more of an improved performance. And studies have shown that. Studies show us that gender diverse companies are more likely to outperform their peers in terms of profit and shareholder value. And this is why sometimes we can end up having this, you know, quote unquote, toxic positivity that can come inside corporations. Now, I remember working for one of my employers, I'm not going to give any names, and they were running this huge campaign. And I remember sitting around the table discussing the concept of the campaign and saying out loud to everyone, it feels like it's just another bias. It feels like it's another gender stereotype that because we feel like we need to have a 50-50 split, you know where I'm going with this, that we inadvertently will be looking at hiring for positions and discrediting a lot of the male applicants purely because they're male. So therefore, where is the discrimination line? Where do we take this? Where's the conversation around? Well, actually, if that in partic- that particular person is the most qualified, highly skilled, you know, really fits in well, and we know that this is going to be a great fit for the role and for the company, then why the hell are we not employing them just because of their sexual gender or orientation? And that's what used to get me really in this whole, I understand that we want to have diverse leaders, but there's also this risk that we are going to bring in a little bit of that stereotypical bias along the way. I hope I've still got you with me. It's something I'm really, really proud about and, and, you know, really passionate about this. And the whole purpose of going down to Parliament to have these discussions, I wanted to have it with you first. I wanted to bring you inside my brain on what we're going to be talking about and the opportunities that we get to have in conversation around this. Because how cool is it that we now get to talk about the fact that menopause needs to be considered within workplace, within companies, within entrepreneurs' own lifestyles as well? Because... Women leaders bring strong strategic thinking. We bring this effective risk management skill. We bring the ability to really navigate complex challenges and contribute overall within the health of our people and our company. And without that, my company would not run as successfully as it does. I put my people first. I make sure that before we even start any of our team meetings, And if I'm having any one-on-one sessions with them, it's always based around how they are. A one-to-one is not an opportunity for you to sit down as a senior leader and ask about projects. You have project meetings for that. A one-to-one is your opportunity as a leader to get to know where your people are emotionally, mentally, physically. Yeah, what are they celebrating? Imagine you start every single one-to-one session that you have from now on. Let's just put it out there. And you actually take time to ask that person. They're not your staff. They're not your employee. To ask that person, that human being sitting in front of you, whether you're in the same room or you're doing it virtually, how are you? And what's one thing you feel grateful for or you're celebrating today? 
Yeah, they might look at you a bit crazy if you've never done that before. But the responses from this are insane. And the evidence within the positive psychology space is so strongly profound to show us that actually when we can have people sit within a gratitude. It might just be that they were grateful that it was a working from home day because it's minus five outside today in Scotland. I'm sitting looking outside at my garden and I am so grateful that I am sitting here cosy, very cosy warm. What that does is it releases these neurotransmitters, neurochemicals within the body. It lifts their mood. It gets them into a happy hormone state and you are going to get way more productivity out of that person, that human being, that individual. And you might also, I mean, heaven forbid this happens, right? But you might also actually find out some really cool stuff about this human being, about who they are and what they do, that you would never know before if you just went into, okay, so project X or project Y, where are we with delivery on that? Bullshit. Please do not make your one-to-one time about anything to do with work. One-to-one time is getting to know the human. Lecture over, moving on. I remember my own senior leadership role when I was a strategic in mindset. My mindset has always been very strategic and I think very far into the future. So whenever I was asked, what's your five-year plan, Adele? I was always very clear on what that felt like for me. But I know for many, that is a question that just blows your brains. But I mean, I'm clearly strategic with how I position everything. I run multiple business arms within inside Adele Johnston Coaching Limited. And sometimes, just sometimes, my little mind can get a bit stifled. And we have less creative days and we have more creative days. And I remember being inside my corporate position. And I was in a senior leadership role. I was in a meeting with my male boss at the time. And I'm making it clear that he was male because this is important. And I was asked a couple of questions on some things. I gave my answers. I challenged. I challenged on quite a number of different things that I wasn't happy about and I wasn't comfortable about because I could see that it was raising the risk profile and that we aren't actually going to achieve what we were setting out to achieve. And I received this as feedback. Adele, just sit on your hands for the next six months and do as you're asked to. (gasps) Oh my God. God, my blood started to go boiling hot. And one thing with me, if you know me, I carry all of my emotion on my face. I cannot hide it. I don't have a poker face. I would be rubbish at poker. So please never invite me to a game of poker. One, I don't know how to play it. And two, I would just, you would tell, you would be able to tell by my face. I do not hold my facial expressions. Well, you will know if I'm happy, you will know if I'm sad and you will know everything in between. So he knew I was not happy, but I wasn't exactly loved for my response. When I stood up and said that we had nothing else to discuss before I left the room, because one, that conversation took place between my boss and I, and I was shot down. I was made to feel small and I did not feel that that was okay. I wasn't being freed to do my role. And what led from all of that transpires that not long after that, a few months later, I was actually made redundant. So (laughs) the ripple effect of standing up for myself had to be done because I respect me over everything. And had I not done it, I wouldn't be living my truth. I wouldn't be here right now today recording this podcast for you. I don't know where I would be. 
but I certainly wouldn't be living a happy free life. And that's one thing I know for sure. So there are things that will happen inside a corporate workplace, inside your own company, where you will not be happy. You will feel at times gaslit. You will feel at times really that this is an unhealthy environment. Never accept less than who you know you are. Never accept less. So women's leadership in any type of workplace, whether that's your own or whether you are employed, is not just about equality. This is not just about a 50-50 split in leadership. This is more than that. It's a strategic imperative statement of success. We have to look at this for success of companies is about diversity. It's about really understanding that women in leadership roles contribute to this resilient organisational culture. Yeah, we bring so much to the table. We have different long-term successes and coming together collectively, that's what's important. Okay, I feel like this is a very heavy one today. I kind of want to lift the mood a little bit for you. I want to think about this as how we can then navigate menopause in the workplace. Yeah, I want to zoom on the impact of that and maybe dive inside how we can support our ourselves and each other, whether or not you are employed, whether it doesn't matter. Let's kind of take that out of the mix for a moment. I want to look at this from understanding physical and mental health, understanding that knowing around your own menopause journey can really help your performance. And there will be times where symptoms of menopause will impact your productivity yeah, and your performance. I've been there. I still go there. Fatigue, difficulty concentrating, increased stress response. Mm-hmm. That can happen. It's not just going to go away, especially not if we just, you know, think that we can start HRT and it will resolve everything. But knowing that this is not a disease that you have and that it must have allowances for care in place, you might need to just have slightly longer to get to work one day. You might need to leave earlier, finish up a bit earlier, or you might just need some days working from home because you just don't want to speak to anybody. Yeah, it's an admin day. Welcome it. So think about your productivity. Think about what you need. And I'm putting this back on to you to consider this. What do you need to thrive inside your working environment? What do you need as a choice? Do you have choice? Yeah, reassessing your choices at this time. Because guess what? Many menopausal women that transition during their workplace time into menopause will actually start to reassess their career goals and priorities. And sometimes it can really result in career breaks, it can result in sabbaticals, it can result in resignation and pursuing other opportunities that actually work more for work-life balance. So again, considering that we want to be retaining skill sets, we want to be having women in the careers that they love for longer. So knowing what you need and being able to make those choices And of course, with that, we have to be good at communicating it. So around this menopause communication, this is crucial, right? I just want you to think about how we remove the stigma from where you are in your working environment. And how do you discuss menopause in your workplace? We offer beautiful, tailored support for that. So please just reach out to support at adelejohnstoncoaching.com and we'll be able to help you with that. 
We deliver these services all over the world. Okay, so this is not about, oh, she's based in the UK. She can't do this for us. We can. And really thinking about mental health, having really clear mental health support. Yeah, really clear, inclusive policy. And again, if you're needing help with your policy or policy statements, you just need to ask. We are here. We are making the offer and the invitation to help you to cover all of this. So recognising and addressing the impacts of menopause on women in the business place, whether that's through your own business or you're employed, is a strategic move. Yeah, retain talented people, maintain healthy, productive workplaces, foster this inclusive and supportive environment and raise the menopause conversation, bring in more confidence, become that place of work that women actually strive to be a member and a part of. That's powerful. So as we wrap up today's episode, it's clear that menopause is not a barrier but it's this opportunity for change. It's an opportunity for women to rewrite stories that we tell ourselves. It's an opportunity for entrepreneurs to innovate. What has worked previously may not work now. Brilliant. We get to change it. We get to advance. And for workplaces to become hell of a lot more inclusive. Yeah, and I hope, I really do hope that this episode has shed some light on the importance of breaking down gender stereotypes. Yeah. Imagine a world where it did not matter. Imagine a world where we could collectively come together and instead of looking at whether this person is male, female or gender neutral, that we can just look at the skill sets of the individuals, that we can see that they can bring a lot into what we want and need. And we find that a lot more modern companies are doing this now, but Equally, I have many women, especially a lot of my American ladies that I support in their careers that are not, and they're very much still in those traditional hashtag companies, which is not okay. I want to celebrate you for being here, for listening to this episode, whether you are in a professional role, an entrepreneur, anything in between, I I celebrate you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Menopause Coach Podcast. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, which is a bit different to any we've done before, please subscribe, leave a review and share this episode with one other person. It helps us grow. And remember, menopause is a journey and we're here to support you every single step of the way. Never alone. I truly hope this episode has sparked something vibrant inside of you. I ask only one thing, to help keep these episodes coming, please subscribe and share with another in your life. That's how we reach more women worldwide and we help them step into their power. Because together we are working to remove any of the stigma and taboo that surrounds menopause. This does not need to be a daunting, a scary, a taboo time in anyone's life. So together, let's make menopause mainstream.